Okay, got it. Ready? <clears throat> You're listening to Paul Elmore. Paul Elmore. <laughs> Does anyone know what we're talking about today? <laughs> and do you hear how that word is said? We're talking about sex. You know, oh my goodness. What are we talking about? Sex. There we go, okay. <laughs> we're talking about sex. So here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Let me give you a little history. Let me give you a little um, understanding of why. I get to have this conversation and how I find myself in a, um, let's say, a unique position because when I was in high school, if you would have told me several years from now, you're going to be standing in front of other high school students talking about sex all the time, I would have said, yeah, right. So you never know. This might be one of you someday having this conversation. So take notes or something. We'll see what happens, okay? Here's, here's why I get the privilege of um, talking to you about this topic. Um, during the day, my day job is um, actually a counselor or a therapist. And what happens is I sit with um, men and women, um, you know, high school age and on up, who have actually been hurt and wounded um, sexually. I work with uh, people who have experienced some level of childhood sexual abuse, um, some sort of sexual issues going on through high school or even as adults. Because sex is so personal, because it's so intimate, because it's so vulnerable, when we get hurt in that way, it has a profound and a, and a um, deeply shaping impact on who we are as people. And so, and so it would be wise to see if we can understand it just, just a little bit. Now, as we're talking about sex, I'm going to make a couple assumptions here. By the way, I want to just quickly front load some of this. There is a, how should I use, uh, maybe a battle, shall we say? Man, maybe not a battle. There are some adults who this topic scares the heck out of them. They just don't know what to do with it because um, they've never had a conversation like this. And there are some adults who are going, this conversation, even in a school like this, makes me uncomfortable, makes me nervous, and that's okay. There are other adults, other parents, who are going, thank you. Yes, this is a good topic to finally be talking about. So I get to come in kind of as um, an outside person with no agenda. I actually, sorry, I don't know any of you. I don't know any of your stories. I don't have anything personal. Um, I don't have any objective trying to, you know, get something from you or get information from you or bust one of you or anything else like that. I don't know you. And um, so this, this time is actually, because I'm here, hopefully going to be a little bit safer. Here's the assumption I'm going to make. I'm assuming that if we talk about sex, there are some um, topics, some content that you have all heard. You guys watch movies, you watch TV, you listen to music, and you go to the grocery store. So chances are you've heard sexual terms, sexual content, sexual jokes, sexual whatever. Because you just, you know, you walk around with your eyes open and your ears open and you interact with this world around you, right? So the things that we're going to talk about today, I'm going to assume some of us already know. But maybe not understand. When I was in sixth grade-ish or so, um, 
I grew up in a Christian home. I attended a Christian school, just like this is here. And one night, my family and I were playing card game. Now, you know, we didn't play cards. We played Uno. That was the safe game, okay? And so while we're playing Uno one night, I am not enjoying the game so much. Someone plays a card. It didn't work out for me. And all of a sudden, through my anger, I yell out the word, bastard. And my, <laughs> exactly, that was the reaction from my parents. Both my parents, their eyes get wide, their head turns towards me, and they said, what did you just say? And I said, you know, bastard. <laughs> and they said, do you know what that means? And I actually said, mm, not really. I just heard it somewhere, and I threw it out there. Bastard is a boy, is a son, who's simply born to a woman who is not married. That's the working definition of that word, okay? For those, that might be new information for you right now, right? But I'm trying to use words, I'm trying to do things, I'm trying to express myself without any understanding, without actually just figuring out what in the world am I talking about. The thing is, I actually didn't use the word in the right context. I could have chosen a whole bunch of other profanity words that would have been a lot better, but I just did that one because that was the one I heard. I don't want you guys to be in the same position. I don't want you to be hearing terms hearing concepts without actually understanding what some of them are and how they play out in life. So, we're going to talk about some of those things and see if we can give you some, in, some information and some understanding around all those things. Now, as we talk about sex, just the idea of talking about that creates all sorts of feelings. I give a talk to adults, to parents. It's called How to Talk the Talk. It's teaching parents how to have the birds and the bees conversation with their kids. And one of the things that I teach them to do is I have a PowerPoint, and up on the screen, I have all of the words, all of the um, anatomy words, all of the words that we typically don't use in everyday polite conversation. Do you know what words I'm talking about? Okay. All the parts and pieces that each one of us have, but we just don't typically go around, you know, saying those things. And I have parents, and what I do is I have them all stand up as a choir and, and loudly and confidently start saying those words. And you can, <laughs> it's weird. It's even weirder when you do it in a church. It's like you're not supposed to say those words in church. That's, you know, not right. But, but we have to be able to say them. But Talking about sex, talking about all this anatomy stuff freaks us out. We have all sorts of feelings. For some people, those feelings are maybe just a little bit of discomfort. You know, I'm just a little embarrassed, but I'm okay. For other people who may have had poor experiences with sex or been hurt by sex, there can be some incredibly strong feelings called shame. They feel like they are bad because they have some of these feelings. Feelings that I believe God has given us, that he's created within us, and um, we should be able to enjoy. I want to be the guy, I want to be the guy who stands up here confidently and says, sex is fantastic. It is so, so good. And I hope each one of you get to experience it a lot in life. How about that? In a church, I said that. Okay. But like everything, 
But like everything in life, anything good can be tweaked and tainted and now become corrupt. It's the, I like chocolate, I love chocolate, I love chocolate cake, right? <laughs> Big glass of milk, chocolate cake. Yeah. You seen that thing at, um, um, uh, Cla no, what's the restaurant downtown? Claim jumper. Claim jumper with that, it's about five feet high, that slice of chocolate cake. Yeah. Holy smoke, isn't that just beautiful? I love that. But if you were to eat that breakfast, lunch, dinner for, you know, a long time, I'd be standing up here being, you know, 400 pounds. That would um, <clears throat> not be healthy. There's consequences, all the things. So, sex within the right context, within the right um, healthy ways to use it, fantastic. I want you to each be able to enjoy it. <clears throat> um, since we're all going to be dealing with sex or relationships at some point in our life, again, I want you to be informed. I want you to actually be taught how to, how to have relationships the best and the healthiest, how to have sexuality the safest and the best. I have a client, since I'm a counselor, I have a client, she is in her um, mid-50s, and as a junior hire, um, her mom had to go back to work. And so one day, mom comes up to her and says, because I have to go back to work, I'm not going to be home at night anymore. You need to start making dinner for your dad and your brothers. And she says, okay. So the first night comes, and she gets out the pots and the pans, and she gets out a, um, a, a piece of uh, pork and starts to cook it and um, puts the salad together and uh, makes dinner in the kitchen sets down, sets it on the table, dad and brothers are sitting there, and dad starts to cut into his uh, piece of pork, and it is raw inside. It's a mess. And so dad takes his piece of pork and holds it up you know, right into her face and says, what is this? This is horrible. I can't believe you would serve me this. Slaps it down in front of her, storms off into the kitchen. This woman, as a junior hire, was actually never taught how to cook. She'd been in the kitchen. She'd watched mom get the pans out. She watched her, you know, turn on the stove. She had seen the stuff, but she didn't understand how it worked. She didn't understand what you have to look for to know the meat is cooked thoroughly. She had never been formally um, brought along and said, listen, give it a try. It's okay if it doesn't work. I'm going to show you how to do this until you know it. There was just this assumption that she already knew and was given all this responsibility. I can't tell you how often that happens with, with people sexually. Oh, you know the words, you've heard the jokes, you've seen the movies, you're experts. Go on out. Be sexual, have relationships, you're going to do just great. And the reality is, so many times, so many times, we just don't know what in the world we're doing, and we just kind of fake it till we make it. We take bad advice from, you know, articles from magazines, and we try to make this work. I want you to be taught. I want you to be brought alongside. I want you to have a place where you could ask questions and get answers so you go, oh, so that's why you do that, and that's how that works, and that's what that word means. And when you understand, then you have a really, really good chance of having a fantastic relationship a great marriage, wonderful sex life. Sound good?
Sounds good. Now, here's the other piece that is very important to me. Most of the time, when I'm asked to come into churches, come into youth groups, come into things like that, there's an agenda sometimes on the part of the pastors or the youth pastors or things like that. They're coming in saying, okay, we want you to tell our kids to stop doing whatever they're doing, whichever is the problem. Okay, come in and tell them why they shouldn't do what, they, what they're doing. And so I become one more adult who comes in, and you don't know me. You don't know if you can trust me. You don't know if I know what the heck I'm talking about. And so pretty soon you start to just go glaze over, check out. Here's one more guy. Guess what? That is not going to happen today. Before I even start this conversation with you, what is more important is I want to know what you think. How about that? You guys are all in this stage called adolescence. Some of you are further into adolescence. Some of you are um, not as far just because of your age. The seniors up there, right? They've done their time. Okay, so they're a little further ahead than everyone else. Adolescence is this in-between stage, but you're not kids anymore where you just do what mom and dad tell you to do. And you're not adults where you have full and complete freedom to make whatever choices you need to make. You don't get to pay a mortgage. You don't have to, you know, work to support yourself completely. You don't have to put food on the table. You're in this in-between stage. And that in-between stage, adolescence, is about learning how to become an adult. Each of you, each of you actually have thoughts and opinions around all sorts of things. You know what music you like. You know what food you like. You know what clothes you like. And you probably have some beliefs and some ideas around relationships and sex. And I want to honor that because I think that's pretty valuable and I'd like to actually know what some of those beliefs and what some of those thoughts are. But if I were to now say, all right, let's just start, you know, raising hands and sharing what you really think. Okay, probably people would throw out a lot of jokes. I get it. A lot of people would throw out some sort of funny things. But a real conversation couldn't happen because remember those feelings around sex? Those are pretty strong as well. So. What I've done, in order to see if I can gather some honest information, I've put together a written survey. It's not terribly long. It should go pretty quick, but it asks some very poignant questions. It's asking questions um, on kind of three main areas. Asking questions on relationships, asking questions on sex, asking questions about some of your parents, okay? Sorry, parents up there, we're going to just try it, okay? Um, and what I would like, what I would like is to see if you will be kind enough to share what you actually think rather than what you are supposed to think. Because the reality is, if you've gone to a, a private school, if you've grown up in a church, or if you have parents that you want to kind of make sure you please, so you don't rock the boat and you don't actually be on. Would that be odd for me to say? Sometimes you're not totally honest with your parents. That, that, that never happens here, I'm sure. Probably happens in the other schools. But every once in a while, might not be totally honest with our parents. So here's what's going to happen. In this survey, it's real easy. Number one, there is no place for your name. I have no idea who you are. I have no idea who's filling these out. It is completely and totally anonymous. 
there's no way to track you, okay? I can't, I can't, in fact, you're not even writing words, it's all, you know, fill in the bubbles or circle things, so I can't even do handwriting analysis, just can't find it. So, in these surveys, I'm gonna ask you to um, fill them out, they can't be tracked, they don't know who you are, but what's gonna happen is I'm gonna take these surveys, take them home with me, and over the next week, I'm gonna collate the data, put it all together, and then we get to spend some more time next Friday together, and we're gonna actually share with you what you guys think. You're gonna get to see, not what I think, but what are the attitudes and the beliefs sitting in the room right here, right now. And then from there, what we're gonna do is we're gonna say, if this is how you believe, this is where it will lead. This is just the, if just keep following that down the road, here's where it will typically end up. That's all we're gonna do. We're gonna, we're gonna take what you guys believe, what you guys think, and just kind of fast forward to say, here's what it can look like five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road to see what that impact can be. Because it is completely anonymous, looks like it's getting started to get passed out right now. Because it's completely anonymous, I can't, I don't know who you are. If this freaks you out still, and this is just way past that comfort zone, take one anyway and doodle on it, okay? Make it look like you're filling it out, turn it back in, and again, no one will know. Ladies and gentlemen, shh, as we just had the last few ones out, that's okay. Take your time and finish them. I'd rather have honest answers than no answers. Question 36. Question 36 is actually a pretty good question in my opinion. How well do you think you understand the opposite sex? Here's why I put that question in there, because I have another client. Um, she is in college right now, and her and this, um, college boy at the school that they attend, they had become friends. They had hung out, they'd done a whole bunch of stuff together with groups of other people. And you know, as you're in groups of people, you start to, let's say, on the, uh, there you go. They started to, <laughs> sometimes they are really hard instructions, I get it. They started to, um, let's say, notice each other and pay a little bit more attention to each other. You guys know what I'm talking about there. You know, still got a group, but you still always make sure that that person's kind of there because you don't, you'd be, you'd look forward to seeing them. And so they had gone, gone and done several things together. One of those things was, and again, kind of weird, kind of silly, but um, they had gone to 7-Eleven together. And, and yeah, that is, by the way, Excellent dating idea for guys. 7-Eleven. Slurpee's the way. And so, and so this guy, this guy, he got himself a Slurpee and, and said, hey, do you want me to buy you a Slurpee? And she goes, you know, I just only want half a Slurpee, but no, no, thank you. And so they've gone on their day and everything else like that. A couple days later, they go, they go to 7-Eleven again. He gets a Slurpee again and then says, hey, last time we were here, um, I asked if you wanted a Slurpee. Um, do you still want one? And she goes, no, not really. He, and he said, well, last time you asked for, you know, uh, a, a half a Slurpee. Would you like one of those? And she goes, well, okay, sure. And so out of his bag, he now pulls out this cup. Can you see that cup? Okay. <laughs> this guy, this guy had gone to 7-Eleven after their time together, had picked up a clean Slurpee cup, taken it home, taken the time to cut it in half, 
figured out some sort of backing for it, hot glued the sucker together, and then tested it several times to make sure there was no leaks so it actually could hold a drink. So my question would be, my question would be, guys, guys, this isn't for you. Ladies, ladies in the room, what would you think about his interest in you? You hear that guy? Oh, that is, that is meaningful. My heart is moved by half a Slurpee cup. Ladies, ladies, when this happened, her heart gets a little pit-a-pat-a, pit-a-pat-a going on, okay? And so now she's going, wow, this guy, lots of effort, lots of interest, lots of energy directed towards me until the following day when he lets her know, no, I didn't really mean anything by that. We're just, just friends, just, you know, something funny. Do you hear all the O's and the A's and the dying right now, okay? <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen. That guy did not understand how women think. <laughs> Sorry. And I don't, and I don't want that to happen to you guys because it feels really bad. And ladies, you don't really enjoy that either. So some of this information, some of this survey stuff, what we're going to do is we're going to come back and say, guys, here's how girls, these girls right here, here's how these girls actually think. Here's some of the stuff that they think and believe. You're going to get to understand these women. And ladies, believe it or not, you're going to attempt to try to understand guys. It's hard. I get it. We're an, a strange breed. <laughs> it's rough. Here's the other thing that I also know about um, surveys, though. This survey actually has one weakness. Oftentimes, what we believe, what we think, we not always act on. I have another set of clients. This was a married couple. Um, been married for only about a year and a half. And they came in and they conveyed this story about when they were dating, they, um, they wanted to make sure they made good, healthy sexual choices. Um, but they also realized that when they had extra time on their hands, things got a little hot and heavy. Okay, everyone tracking with me? So they came up with this brilliant idea. They said, we're not going to allow ourselves to stay in a parked car anywhere for more than 10 minutes. And they actually got a little kitchen timer, this very timer right here, and they would take this and they'd set it for 10 minutes and put it on the dash every time they parked so that they couldn't stay in a parked car for too long and let things get carried away. Unfortunately, they figured out that once the little timer beeps, they can Get in the, they can start the car up and drive to another location, park again, and reset the timer. Another 10 minutes, over and over and over again. What we believe and how we behave sometimes don't quite line up. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. I want your belief system, your values, to actually be things that you can live out. They're practical. They're hands-on. They're able to be applied and help keep you safe and healthy. Wow, we're done. I would um, like to thank you in advance for sharing some of these things with me. It will be an um, interesting time together next week. Looking forward to it, maybe? Oh, and by the way, what we're going to do after next week, 
I'm going to share this information with you, but then I'm going to have another time where I'm going to share this exact same information with any of your parents that want to show up. That might be interesting as well. And again, it's completely anonymous. We have no idea what's, who's doing what, but we'll see what happens, okay? Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information, please visit paulelmore.com.